invite you to stand together and join with the choir as all of us read. We're going to be looking this morning at Colossians uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Now, uh, you don't have that text. It's kind of a lengthy passage, so it's not in your bulletin. So I invite you, if you have your Bibles, please open to that text. And if you don't, there are a few Bibles in front of you that uh, are there for your use. And again, I'll give you that text. It's Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Therefore, if you were raised with Christ, look for the things that are above, where Christ is sitting at God's right side. Think about the things above and not things on earth. You die, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So put to death the parts of your life that belong to the earth, such as sexual immorality, moral corruption, lust, evil, evil desire, and greed. The wrath of God is coming upon disobedient people because of these things. You used to live this way when you were alive to these things. But now set aside these things, such as anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene language. Don't lie to each other. Take off the old human nature with its practices and put on the new nature, which is renewed in knowledge by conforming to the image of the one who created it. In this image there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free. But Christ is all things And in all people. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. I love 3D movies. If I go to a movie and there's an option of seeing it in the standard two-dimensional or the three-dimensional, I'm going to see it in 3D. I know it costs a couple more dollars and it means you got to put on these silly-looking glasses, but hey, everybody else around you is wearing them too, so you kind of fit right in. There's just something about a 3D film that puts you right in the midst of all the action, and it's just amazing to me. Uh, The last 3D movie I think I saw was Jurassic World. Did you see that movie? came out last year, not Jurassic Park, but the new one, Jurassic World. And um, I thought, you know, if I'm going to pay to see this thing, I'm going to watch it in 3D. There's just something about being right in the midst of it. As a matter of fact, when you think about it, I really don't know what the fascination is uh, of having the sensation of being inside the cage with a man-eating dinosaur. (laughs) But it was worth the extra few bucks. I I just love 3D films. Now, 3D movies are different than the typical image in that they add that third dimension, which is what? Depth. You see, your standard photograph or your standard movie is a two-dimensional image. And it's flat. 3D adds that third dimension of depth. Now, what's that got to do with the Christian faith? All right, here it is. 
I want to introduce you this morning to a concept that I believe is consistent with what God wants you and me to be, and that is the identity as a 3D or three-dimensional believer in Christ. Now, you'll never find that term in Scripture, but the idea, the concept, comes right out of God's Word, and it was first introduced to me by my good friend, your good friend, Paul, the Apostle Paul. And he's writing to the Christians in Colossae, and he wants them to understand, he wants them to know how to maximize their relationship with God. He wants them to be able to experience the full measure of the transforming work of Jesus Christ in their life. And so he describes a, a way of relating to God that could easily be described as a three-dimensional faith. He mentions three things that constitute this kind of faith. A 3D faith is a faith that goes beyond the surface and that has depth. Now, you don't have an outline this morning, so I'm, I hope that you'll be able to maybe jot these three, down, three things down very simply. The first is this. The first dimension of, I believe, the plan, the life that God desires for all, all of us is an upward focus. That's the first dimension, an upward focus. Look at verse 1 and 2. We're told, seek the things that are where? Above. Where Christ is. Set your minds on things above, not on things that are of the earth. Now, this doesn't mean that we as Christians are to withdraw from the world. It doesn't mean that we aren't to experience and engage in and enjoy a lot of the things of the world that are actually here for our purpose provided by God. What it means is that things of the world are not to be the primary focus of our life. We understand that things of the world are not what provide happiness and fulfillment. Things of the world cannot provide our deepest sense of meaning and purpose. But for that, we have to have an upward focus. We have to set our mind and our hearts on things of God. There are a lot of folks in the world today who lack an upward focus. Even those of us as Christians, sometimes we know the importance of an upward focus, but maybe we're tempted like the secular world around us to put our mind and our heart and our sight on things of earth. For a lot of people who focus on things of the world, their 23rd Psalm might sound like this. Calvin Klein is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in designer jeans. He leads me in front of my HD color TV and CD player. Why worry about the state of my soul? He leads me in the paths of Lennox Mall for my own namesake. Yea, though I walk through the bargain basements and discount stores of life, I will fear no evil. For he rescues me and plants my feet in Buckhead. Thou preparest a table before me in Coweta County, far away from the poor and the needy. Thou anointest my head with Vidal Sassoon in preference because I'm worth it. My closet and credit runneth over. Surely money and gadgets shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in or near the mall forever. That's the way a lot of folks live their life. The first dimension of a meaningful, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ is an upward focus. If you want your faith in Christ, if you want your relationship with God to flourish, 
If you want your faith to be the kind of faith that has depth, that has power, that has the ability to hold you up and sustain you and guide and direct your life, it's extremely important that you have, day in and day out, more so than sight set on the world, that you have an upward focus. I know some folks that go through life looking around. They look around to see what's going on in the world. They look around to see what the latest fads, what the latest trends are, and they're looking around to see uh, how they might find meaning and purpose for their lives, looking around and what the world says is truth and wisdom. There's some folks that go through life looking in. They say, I'm not going to have anybody or anything, especially some ancient religion, telling me how to live my life, telling me what is true and what is not true. I'm going to chart my own course. I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to decide what my life is going to be about and what I'm going to do. And they look inward. Scripture wants us to understand that you will never experience fullness in your life You'll especially not progress and have depth in your relationship with God if if your choice is to go through life looking in or looking around, but you got to have an upward focus. That's the first dimension. And then think about this. Paul gives us the second dimension, and it's this. We could call it an inward purity. An inward purity. You see, the Christian, for us, life is meant to be always being transformed, molded, shaped in the image of Jesus Christ. And it means that our inner life, our behaviors, our attitudes, our values are to reflect that of Christ. Look at verse 5. Put to death, therefore, Whatever in you is earthly, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, and the list goes on and on. God's desire for you and for me is that our life will be known by and characterized by an inward purity that stands in contrast to what we see so often in the world today. And at a time when others' lives might be filled with filth and immorality and sinfulness, ours are to be characterized by a life that reflects the goodness and the moral clarity and the holiness of Jesus Christ. I'm convinced that one of the things destroying the witness of the body of Christ, the church today, is the fact that way too many believers, laity and clergy, have forgotten this call to inward purity. And we've simply advocated to the values of the world around us. And somehow we've gotten the notion that to be a follower of Jesus means to say, yes, I know Jesus loves me and, and I appreciate that, but I'm going to continue to live just like I lived before. 
That's not a true understanding of what Jesus had in mind. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus said that he makes all things new. We don't stay the same when Christ is living in us. We begin to reflect his nature. Bill Hybels, pastor of Willow Creek Church, tells about a community, a small community that in the center of town there was this gigantic oak tree and it was uh, it was the uh, the centerpiece of the downtown square people loved that tree they were so proud of it they knew that, that tree had been there long before any of them were born and it was going to be there long after it, all of them were dead and gone they loved that tree one day a storm came through and the lightning struck the tree. Split the trunk right down the middle. And it revealed something that they had never seen before. You see, it revealed that the trunk of that tree was pretty much all hollowed out, filled with disease. A symbol of strength on the outside had become weak and vulnerable on the inside. And for years, it had fooled and unknowing its unknowing admirers. Heibel says about that illustration, he said, that story haunts me. It scares me. Because he said, I believe the greatest challenge facing the church today is the disease eating away at its power and its integrity. And that is inauthentic Christianity. He said, in the pews and in the pulpits, there are too many inconsistent Christians. I'd put it this way. In the church, there are a lot of folks who claim an upward focus. Their life does not reflect an inward purity. There's something wrong. Terribly wrong. When adultery is just as rampant in the church as it is in secular culture. There's something wrong, terribly wrong, when alcoholism and drug abuse among adults and students is pretty much parallel in the church as to what it is in the secular world. There's something wrong, terribly wrong, when it doesn't even seem to phase us anymore when we hear some story about a, a priest or some high-profile pastor caught in some sexual indiscretion. We've just come to expect that kind of thing. Where's the inner purity? Where's the nature of Christ that's supposed to define who we are as believers of Jesus Christ? Where is our voice of moral clarity amidst the, the clamor of moral confusion today? Listen, God's desire is for, is for us to be holy, to more and more become like the Christ whom we love. But more and more we become like that tree. A symbol of strength on the outside, but diseased on the inside. 
so much for the church. What about you? What about your life? There's nothing that will bring greater inner turmoil into our hearts and spirits as Christians than willfully and knowingly being outside the will of God. Is your life, are you in your private life living or seeking to live life is pleasing to God that honors the Christ whom you claim to love? If your private life were to be exposed and just laid out for all to see this afternoon, are the things that you would be ashamed of are the things that you'd be embarrassed about. If so, then let me encourage you to make that a matter of prayer before God. Say, Lord, I want my life publicly and inwardly to bring honor and glory to you. And God, I realize that this attitude, this behavior, whatever it is, it's, it's interfering with my capacity to fully experience the joy that you want for me. And are you willing to lay that aside? An upward focus, an inward purity. And then the third dimension he talks about, an outward compassion. Look at verse 12. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. You see, here's the reality. An upward focus and an inward purity mean absolutely nothing if they're not joined with an outward compassion. If there's no outward compassion, you have misunderstood the whole reason that God has given you faith in the first place. Faith is not merely to give you some sense of joy and happiness and personal fulfillment. Yes, it does all those things. But it is given to you so that you can fulfill your God-given purpose, and that is to be an agent of His love, reaching out, loving, caring, for others. Have you ever known people who were so heavenly bound that they're no earthly good? <laughs> they're the folks that can talk for an hour about the Bible, about theology, and and they are, can recite Scripture with the best of them. But they couldn't tell you the last time they took an hour to serve in some mission of their church or volunteer at a food shelter or help someone in times of need and, or reach out and show compassion.
There's a song that uh, I don't know if you've heard it or not. It, it's uh, been around a couple of years now, and it's a Christian contemporary song by Matthew West. Beautiful song. I'm not going to sing it, but the, but the, the lyrics are really powerful, and I, and I want to share them with you. Just, just listen to the words, because they, they make the point about the importance of this third dimension. The song's called My Own Little World. In my own little world, it hardly ever rains. I've never gone hungry, always felt safe. I got some money in my pocket, shoes on my feet. In, in my own little world, population, me. I try to stay awake during Sunday morning church. I throw a 20 in the plate, but I never give till it hurts. And I turn off the news when I don't like what I see. Yeah, it's easy to do when it's population me. What if there's a bigger picture? What if I'm missing out? What if there's a greater purpose I could be living right now outside my own little world? Stopped at a red light, looked out my window. I saw a cardboard sign said, Help this homeless widow. And just above that sign was the face of a human. I thought to myself, God, what have I been doing? So I rolled down the window and I looked her in the eye. Oh, how many times I have just passed her by. I gave her some money, then I drove on through. And my own little world reached population two. Father, break my heart for what breaks yours. Give me open hands and open doors. Put your light in my eyes and let me see that my own little world is not about me. What if there's a bigger picture? What if I'm missing out? What if there's a greater purpose that I could be living right now? I don't want to miss what matters. I want to be reaching out. Show me the greater purpose so I can start living right now outside my own little world. Outward compassion. And I believe that the world would come streaming to the gospel of Jesus Christ if they saw in Christian people the kind of outward compassion and love and caring that we're called to live. So simply stated, I believe with all my heart that God doesn't just want you to know Him. Will love Him. God wants you to gain the full measure, the full benefit of faith in Him. And I believe that a faith that has depth, that goes beyond the surface, happens when we engage in an upward focus, an inward purity, and an outward compassion. Now, I want you to think about the, the connectedness of these three because they are they are a formula that requires 
all three of them to be operational. For example, suppose you were to say, all right, Stuart, I'll practice the upward focus. And you know what? My, my life, it reflects that inward purity. But I just don't have time for the outward compassion. My life's just too busy. So I'm going to ignore that one. What have you done? You've just misunderstood the whole purpose of discipleship. Or what if you were to say, all right, I'm going to live a life of inward purity, and I'm going to give myself to outward compassion, but I don't have time for that upward focus. Devoting my time and setting my sights on God. What have you just done? You have denied yourself the very power that's going to resource you and enable you to do the other two. What if you were to say, okay, I'm going to practice an upward focus, I'm going to practice an outward compassion, but I'm not going to pursue that inward purity thing. What have you just done? You've just identified yourself as a hypocrite because you're talking one thing and doing something else. Our greatest effectiveness as Christians happens when these three come together. Now just close with this. Are any of these depleted in your heart, in your life right now? You see, I want for each and every one of us, by our walk with Christ, to be fully operational and for, us to, for it to be infusing us with as much joy and peace as possible and as much empowerment as possible. And so if one of these is struggling or one of these is being neglected, then it's going to affect our walk with Christ. Is it one of these three that you would feel is suffering in your experience right now? Is there one of these that, if you're honest with yourself, you know that you have not sought excellence in that area, and you're not committing yourself to that upward focus. You're not committing yourself to that inward purity. Or or, or you can't give examples of how you're engaging in that outward compassion. If there's some area that you find that needs some energizing in your walk with Christ, then I would just encourage you this morning to... Confess that to the Lord and bring that to Him in prayer and ask His guidance and His help in fine-tuning and empowering and equipping that part of your faith journey. Because only then will your faith have the kind of depth that can bring true joy and purpose in your life. Three D movies are great. But living as a three D follower of Jesus Christ, nothing compares. Let's pray together.
Oh God, the world longs for, yearns for, people who genuinely and authentically love you and whose lives are day in and day out being guided, directed, empowered by. Well, God, we pray for the body of Christ, the church. Pray for us as individual believers. And we pray, oh God, that the faith that we have will be fully maximized and experienced and utilized as we give ourselves to these three simple practices. From your servant Paul. You inspired him years and years ago to tell our brothers and sisters in the faith about these matters. They were important enough then that you have preserved those words until today. So they must still have great bearing and significance for us. God, I just thank you for every person in attendance this morning. Increasingly, God, enable our lives each and every day to be driven by, motivated by, empowered by an upward focus, an inward purity, and an outward compassion. And it's in the name and spirit of Christ who makes all these things possible that we pray. Amen.